ETL Echo presents Something About the Muggle Way by Ariel Sakura. When Draco had first been sent to the Dragon Reserve in Romania, under the guise of learning to work with magical creatures while his potions master recovered from an experiment gone wrong, Draco had thought it was a fitting karmic response for his, albeit forced, participation in the war. Magic on the reserve was limited to what was absolutely necessary. The warding was delicate, and the creatures were mostly immune to it anyway, so nearly everything was done the muggle way, which meant labor. Hard, manual labor. Mucking out the nursery, mucking out the infirmary, cutting up the meat, moving the meat, fixing the fences, cooking, washing up, laundry, housework. It rarely stopped. Even sharing the domestic chores with the owner of the cabin he stayed in only alleviated some of that load. Draco had learned upon arrival that there were no spare cabins for him to take up residence within. Apparently, there was some proposal in the works for a few more to be built, but that was months away yet, and they would likely go to more senior staff, rather than the casual apprentice potions master. So, he had been given a key and a map of the compound, and then told to find cabin number 27. So Draco had gone. He had walked the compound, found his new temporary home, and knocked on the door, wondering idly who he would be sharing lodgings with for the coming months. The door had opened to reveal a tall, broad, and deliciously shirtless Charlie Weasley. That had been back in September. It was now December, and about two weeks before Christmas. And despite the fact that they had the day off and could be happily lounging at home, Charlie had dragged them out to the nearby forest in search of a Christmas tree. I don't see why we need a Christmas tree, Draco complained for perhaps the fifth time in an hour. It's not like either of us are going to be here to enjoy it on the day, and there is that huge one in the square. He sighed as his complaints went unheard by his companion. Charlie was clearly thinking quite hard about the decision in front of him. Which one do you reckon? he asked. Draco sighed and turned to critique the trees. The first was quite lush, but had several broken branches near the top. The second tree was neater, and a fair bit greener as well. That one, he said, pointing to the second one. Charlie shot him a wink. Knew there was a reason I brought you along. Draco rolled his eyes and leaned against a far larger evergreen that had clearly never been chopped down for decorating. Charlie hefted the axe he had brought and began swinging at the base of the tree Draco had chosen. Draco watched with keen eyes the way Charlie's powerful body moved as he swung the axe. Each thud resonated in Draco's chest. He wouldn't admit this particular thought to anyone, but there was something to be said for the muggle way of tree-cutting. Twenty minutes later, and after Charlie had shed his coat to work in only his shirt and rolled sleeves, the tree was down. Wiping his brow, Charlie held the axe out to Draco. Here, you take this, and I'll get the tree. Are you... Draco was cut off by the sight of Charlie squatting down to grab the base of the tree. Merlin damned those muggle jeans, Draco thought. He watched as Charlie stood, biceps flexing, as he hoisted the tree onto his shoulder and began to walk back to their cabin. Draco trailed behind him, eyes firmly fixed on that backside, until they were a few meters from their cabin. Quickly darting forward, Draco opened the door so Charlie wouldn't have to break his stride. Can you grab the box of decorations? Charlie asked as he made his way into the living room. Of course, Draco replied, heading for the kitchen and the box Charlie had pulled out of storage earlier. As he set it on the occasional table in the living room, 
he saw that Charlie had already set the tree in place. Looks good, eh? Charlie asked, surveying his handiwork. Draco rolled his eyes. Shall I put these away, then? Charlie snorted. Nah, come on. Let's get them up. He moved over to Draco, crowding him as he reached down to open the box. Draco stood still, nostrils flaring slightly at the scent of Charlie. It was sweaty and musky, and Draco would never have thought it could turn him on so much. Charlie grabbed a string of tinsel and headed for the tree. Come on, start decorating. Grab my balls. Draco's head whipped around. What? Grab some bubbles and start decorating, Charlie said with a grin, and Draco couldn't be sure if he had misheard him or not. Still, he did as Charlie instructed, and started to place the decorations on the tree. He was glad he had gone with casual robes today when Charlie began brushing up against him. First, it was a quick brush against his back as Charlie walked around and around the tree, trailing tinsel. Then he would lean in from behind Draco to hang a decoration, or adjust a branch. Another time, he grabbed Draco's hand to direct it to a lower position. It was frustrating and driving Draco near madness. He was more than half hard and about to excuse himself so he could have a quick wank when Charlie declared them done. Draco took a small step back only to collide with Charlie's firm chest. Clearing his throat and with a murmured apology, Draco looked the tree over. It was missing something. You still need a tree topper, he said after a moment. He heard the telltale sound of a palm meeting forehead from behind him. Of course. Here, put this on. Draco turned to see Charlie holding out one last decoration. It was a dragon, clearly designed to twine around the tip of a tree. With an amused smile, Draco took it and moved to stand on his toes when two large arms wrapped around his thighs and hoisted him up. Draco would forever deny the squeak that escaped him and demanded instantly to be put down. Just a moment. Put the topper on, will you? Then I'll let you down. Draco sighed and quickly complied. Once the draken was in place, Charlie slowly lowered Draco against his chest. Draco could feel every muscle in Charlie's body as he sensually slid past it. Unfortunately, this also meant that Charlie was about to become very aware of Draco's now fully aroused state. Draco closed his eyes and waited for the inevitable. He didn't have to wait long until he felt the press of Charlie's arms against his groin and Charlie's sharp inhalation of recognition. Charlie growled, and Draco slid quickly to the floor, shamefaced. He tried to slip away, but Charlie's arms held him firm, and Draco felt his warm breath on his ear. Where are you going? he whispered, the words tickling against Draco's skin. Well, I was going to extract myself from this embarrassing and awkward situation, Draco drawled, trying to sound unaffected by the dragon tamer. He wasn't sure he was successful. Embarrassing? Why should you be embarrassed when I've been trying my damnedest to make you want me? Draco froze. What? He asked slowly, his head turning to the side so he could see Charlie out of the corner of his eye. Charlie tugged on Draco's hips sharply, pulling him back against his body. Draco gasped as he felt Charlie's arousal press against his arse. What? Draco repeated breathlessly. Charlie nuzzled at the back of his ear and murmured, It has been like torture living with you, having you sprawled all over my furniture, your fine ass whenever you bend over, walking in on you with just a towel slung around your hips, that posh voice of yours when you swear, Merlin Draco. Charlie's words and the sheer lust in his voice washed over Draco, and he shivered. Smirking, he turned in Charlie's arms, assured now that his advances weren't going to be rejected. Draco kissed him 
It was passionate, consuming, and Charlie groaned as his hand came up to support Draco's head, pulling him closer and sliding his tongue across Draco's bottom lip, seeking access. Draco fisted his hands in Charlie's shirt and yanked him toward the couch, stumbling a little in their haste. Pushing Charlie down, Draco quickly straddled him, his hands busy with the hem of Charlie's shirt, tugging it up and over his head so that Draco could finally, finally, let his hands explore that firm, muscular chest and those large arms he had been admiring for so long. So I take it you're up for this, then? Charlie asked huskily, as Draco's hands traced down his abs and his fingers twisted in the curling trail that led toward Charlie's trousers. I've been up for this since you opened your door shirtless on that first day. Draco drawled, watching as Charlie smirked back. Is that so? Well, we best not waste any more time. Draco nodded fervently as he leant back in to fasten his lips to Charlie's. Charlie surged up to meet Draco and began divesting him of his robes at once, tossing the fabric to the floor once it was free. Draco's own hands were busy on Charlie's belt, the heavy buckle falling to the floor with a loud thunk. Charlie didn't even try to unbutton Draco's shirt. He merely grasped the collar and tore it open. Had Draco not been so lost in the heavy kisses they were exchanging, he might have complained. As it was, it only served to flare his passion higher. His fingers were twisted into Charlie's hair, and Draco sucked greedily on Charlie's tongue as Charlie fiddled with the fastenings of his trousers. Draco shifted off Charlie's lap at his silent urging to allow Charlie to tug his trousers and pants off in one smooth motion. He quickly towed out of his shoes, not bothering to divest himself of his socks as he climbed back onto Charlie's lap, groaning as a hand closed around his cock. Charlie's head tipped back, and Draco took advantage of the opportunity to kiss his way down the line of Charlie's muscled neck. How far are we... Oh, Merlin. How far do you want this to go? Charlie rasped. Draco laved at the lobe of Charlie's ear. I want you inside me, he breathed softly. Need you inside me. Charlie's hands tightened their grip on both Draco's arse and his cock as he growled. Suddenly, he was scooping Draco up, guiding his legs to wrap around his waist, and he stood, stalking around the couch toward the hallway and the bedrooms. Charlie grunted as his shoulder hit the corner of the wall, and Draco clutched at his shoulders as they staggered a few steps down the hall, and he gasped as his back collided with the wall, and Charlie hitched his legs higher, one hand sliding under Draco's bum as the other dug into his trouser pocket. There was a small popping sound like a cork from a bottle, before Draco felt a slippery pressure against his arse. He moaned in assent, Charlie's tongue stroking against his as he pressed a thick finger inside Draco. Draco let his shoulders fall back against the wall. Oh, Merlin, Charlie. He saw Charlie smirk, and felt his finger become more forceful as another began to wiggle in beside it. Draco's eyes rolled up. He'd had sex before, plenty of it, in fact, but he had never been prepared quite like this. Usually, he or his chosen partner would mutter a spell, Draco would roll onto his hands and knees, and that would be that. This was a whole lot more intimate. Those fingers that Draco had long since fantasized about wrapping around his cock were inside him, moving, relaxing him, getting him used to the sensation so that he could take what was about to come. Oh, Merlin, did he want to come. He opened his eyes and saw the lighting sconce above him. He reached up with one hand to try and take some of his own weight and found himself pressed further into the wall. Charlie's mouth fastened to the base of his neck and sucking harshly. Draco tightened his legs around Charlie's waist when he felt him fumbling beneath him, and then suddenly 
Charlie pulled his fingers from Draco's arse. There was a little more fumbling, but Draco was hardly aware as Charlie's rough stubble grazed against his nipple. His legs tightened instinctively around Charlie's waist. He felt a pressure push against him, and he gasped at the intrusion. How fucking hung was Charlie Weasley? Charlie had both hands gripping tightly at his hips now, and was slowly lowering Draco onto his cock. Fuck, Draco, he groaned into Draco's chest. You're so tight. Can you take me? Never let it be said that a Malfoy backed down from a challenge. He tried to scoff, but it came out more like a tortured moan when Charlie slipped in an inch more. Easy, darling, easy. You can do it. I know you can. So good, Draco. Draco glowed under Charlie's praise, and wanting, needing more of it, he shifted his weight, his arm around Charlie's neck tightening as he hissed and slid the rest of the way down the cock beneath him. His arse throbbed with both pain and pleasure. Charlie leaned in and pressed his lips against Draco's. So good. Merlin, you're so good. Draco clenched experimentally. Salazar, it had never been like this before. Never had he felt so completely filled. There was a sting he wasn't used to, not with the spells. He hadn't imagined that would make it better, but it did. Move, Charlie, please, he gasped. You have to move. And he did. Slowly, Charlie pulled out, easing back in with that same slowness. Draco gave a long, low groan, and Charlie seemed to sense his need because the next stroke was faster. And the next. And the next. Soon, Draco was panting into Charlie's mouth alongside every thrust. His skin was slippery with sweat, and he could feel the rough fabric of Charlie's jeans against the cheeks of his arse. His muscles screamed at him as he held on to both Charlie and the wall sconce for dear life, but he couldn't stop. Wouldn't stop for any reason on this earth. Charlie's strong, earthy scent surrounded him. He could feel his hard muscles beneath his hand and on his cock. Never had Draco had such a lover before like Charlie Weasley. He was a god, a dragon god. He was fire and life and passion, and he brightened Draco's life in so many ways. Come on, darling, Charlie mumbled. You can do it. Come for me. Draco hadn't realized how close he had been, but with those murmured words, he went spilling over the edge into orgasm with a strangled cry, spreading the resulting mess between them. Charlie groaned and bit down on Draco's chest, his hips stuttering as he spent himself inside Draco, before slumping limply against him, his hands still bruising on Draco's thighs. Draco panted heavily, his breaths harsh in the now quiet hallway. He let go of the sconce above him, his hand falling onto Charlie's head. That stirred the man under him to action, and Charlie tilted his head up to look at him, slowly lowering his legs until Draco could stand. Though Draco was grateful for Charlie's continued hold, he felt as though he'd just outrun a Peruvian viper tooth, and he said as much to Charlie. Hmm, maybe next time we'll make it to the bed. Draco inhaled softly. He hadn't dared hope for a repeat. Charlie's eyes searched Draco's for a moment before he smirked. You really think I was going to leave it like that? I'm not that kind of guy, Draco. I want you in bed for as long as you want to be. Draco felt his mouth twitching upwards into a sappy sort of smile, the kind of smile he hadn't shown anyone before. Clearing his throat, he said, Well, in that case, I hope you've invested in a good mattress, because I can't see myself leaving it for, oh, say, ever? 
Charlie's face broke into that extra-wide grin Draco loved so much, and he swooped in to kiss him breathless again. When they finally pulled apart, Charlie smirked at him, eyes twinkling. Shall we go see if it meets your requirements? Draco had barely managed to nod before Charlie had thrown him over his shoulder and stalked the rest of the way to his bedroom. Draco just managed to catch a glimpse of the Christmas tree that had started this before the door shut. There was something about doing things the muggle way Draco was really coming to like. ETL Echo Echoing Tales of Enemies to Lovers